welcome to the Church of the Redeemers weekly podcast. We pray that you will enjoy this week's service, and we hope that you will follow us at www.cotrb.org, and may God continue to bless you. Thank you. Thank you that you have our attention. <laughs> Thank you that you have our attention. our undivided attention. Have our undivided attention. Speak, Lord, your servants. Push them aside. Sit on the side of the bed. God's got your attention right now. Hold me.
talking now. <laughs> Don't stop talking now. We finally got to the place where we're no longer afraid to be with you. Don't let the enemy distract us. Hallelujah. Keep us from all evil. We'll thank you. We'll praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said amen. verses 1 through 5. Repetition is good for our souls. It's good for our understanding. You can't say you ain't heard it at least two times. So when somebody asks you what the preacher preached, you got something to say. Amen. I hope you got something to say. <laughs> I hope you got something to say. It's good to see you, sir. Um, Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Have it say amen. If you don't have it, say wait a minute. All right, I heard an amen. I thought I heard a wait a minute, but let's keep on going. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. The Bible says, Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What's in your hand? What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. And he, being God, said, Throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. The Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it. Then it became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a topic for this morning topic is get rid of what you have that's set right in my spirit get rid of what you have get rid of what you have look at somebody say get rid of what you have get rid of what you have type it in the screen get rid of what you have get rid of what you have this week we're beginning a new series and this new series is called throw it down it's our lenten series let me look at the time it's our lenten series and our Lenten series is going to be called Throw It Down. Over the next four or five weeks, we're going to talk through the life of Moses and what it looked like for God to transform this man's life through sacrifice. Lent is a season of sacrifice. It's, we started Lent last Wednesday. And Lent is a season of sacrifice. For 40 days leading up to, the re to, leading up, excuse me, to Resurrection Sunday, we choose to lose and let go of the things that we could enjoy freely. I need to say that again. For 40 days leading up to Resurrection Sunday, Christians all around the world, together in our understanding and in our belief, our fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ, we choose to lose and let go of the things that we could enjoy freely. Some of us choose to lose certain foods we choose to lose. Some of us choose to lose our attitudes. 
but we, we choose to lose. For 40 days, for 40 days, some of, us, some of us choose to lose our ability to drink every day. But we choose, for 40 days, some of us choose to lose the vices that we so freely enjoy on a regular, but we, we for, for all around the world, Christians for 40 days come together in this season of Lent and we choose to lose the things that we could otherwise very freely enjoy. For 40 days before resurrection, all we're doing is trying to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, saints. For 40 days before resurrection, Jesus suffered questions and shame. He knew his destiny. He knew who he was, and he knew why he was living. He knew that his relationship with God would be the sustaining force and factor for all that these people, you know these people, the people that said they loved him so ardently, the people that said they would die for him. He knew that his love for God would be the sustaining force that would carry him through everything that they forced him to suffer. He knew that he was going to be crucified by their hands. He knew that he was going to have to die for them. He knew that he was going to have to be whipped and stabbed and beaten by those that said they loved him. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knew that he would be spit on and he knew that his needs would not be met physically or emotionally. And he knew that he didn't have to take any little bit of that. He didn't have to take any of that. But he chose to lose. Chose to lose. In Lent, we remember that we can have whatever we want. But just like Jesus... We lean into this idea of self-sacrifice because in this season, as Christians all around the world do the same, we choose to lose. Look at somebody and say, I'm choosing to lose, choosing to lose, losing, losing. It's such a countercultural idea nowadays, losing. Why would anybody choose to lose? Why wouldn't we choose victory over defeat? It doesn't make any sense to most people. Why would we not choose to be a help? Help me, Jesus. Why would we not choose to be the promise we want to receive from Scripture? Not the whole of Scripture, but the promise we want to receive from Scripture. That Those promises that read, I'm the head and not the tail, you know. Above only. You can see it in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 13. It's right there. I'm above only and not beneath. That's the one I want, God. Why do I have to choose to lose when that's in, it's in the book? Why can't I choose? I can do all things, Philippians 4 and 13, sometimes forgetting how all those things are done, that through Christ part, y'all know. Everybody wants to say, I can do all things, but we forget that through, through, uh-huh. Why would anybody choose, choose to lose? I was listening on my way in the church today to a particular music mix. And the names of the song really caught my attention in light of this, this sermon today. Songs were better. <laughs> my name is Victory. We win. I'll never be defeated. <laughs> we be banging them Jones, don't we? <laughs> like, we rock those. We turn them all the way up. As Christians all around the world, in Christendom, it's hard at times to think about this concept of losing. We want to recognize our power, 
and not our frailty. We want sunshine, not rain. But this week I read an an Arab proverb that says, sunshine all the time makes a desert. Nothing can grow when it's always sunny. This brings us to our text. In our text, we find a man named Moses. (laughs) Help us, Lord. Many of us know this man's story. Movies have been made about it. The story told and retold countless times over the years. We recognize God's faithfulness to him and the people he led. We celebrate with them as as we read about their crossing of the Red Sea on dry ground. His shoes ain't even get muddy. Wow. We take notice of the high highs of the victories uh, and the victorious legacy of leadership left by this man through his successor, Joshua. But in the beginning, everything wasn't all that wonderful, saints. This prince of Egypt, as he is popularly known, was one who was well acquainted with losing. He almost lost his life. When the Pharaoh at the time commanded for all male Hebrew children under a certain age to be killed, but God spared him. He he was raised in a home and an environment that didn't recognize his true identity. And he had to lose who he really was to survive or fit in. But God got him through that. Some of y'all can identify. He grew up with the very best and the very finest of all things as his mother and his siblings were his slaves. But God gave him the wherewithal to understand that challenge until he decided to take matters into his own hands. This boy became a man. The Bible says that this man, Moses, now couldn't take the unreconciled differences of who he was presenting as to the whole wide world and who he knew God created him to be anymore couldn't understand what was going on inside of him versus what everybody was looking at on the outside of him. He was tired of watching his people lose as he won. He was tired of looking at the slave masters in Egypt beat his kinfolk for being slow at doing things that they wouldn't have, that would have been impossible for them to even consider. He was tired of looking at, out the window of pleasure at the hardship of his people that his people were under. So one day in Exodus chapter 2, while he was on a walk, he took matters into his own hands. And as he was witnessing a slave master be the slave, his brother, the slave, his cousin, the slave, his uncle, his kinfolk, he took matters into his own hands and he kills this slave master. And I need to take a minute here and acknowledge the humanity of this man that we call Moses. For decades, he endured conflict. For decades, he allowed incorrect indoctrination of his mind, his body, and his soul into a system that he knew was not his. For decades, he suffered the thoughts of those around him that sounded so right when he knew that they were dead wrong. And the only, and on one day when his eyes were opened to all of the things that he had to embrace for so long, Moses got angry. I understand Moses. I get that way when I, I get that he was angry, excuse me, for the world not giving him what he knew he deserved. I get that he was mad at the establishment. I get that he was upset 
with the way things were because they were not the way things were supposed to be. I feel this dude in all and all of his thoughts and anger and rage, and I understand why he in a moment of rage would literally take matters into his own hands. All of us have done this at one time or another. All of us have done a little, gone a little too far. All of us have done a little too much. I'm not saying you killed somebody, but maybe you did. But by the, I'm so grateful that there's grace for that. Maybe you didn't commit murder. You just lied on your taxes. But thanks be to God that there's grace for that. Maybe, maybe you didn't lie on your taxes, but you slept with someone else's husband. You know you're wrong. You know you need to repent. And you know you need to stop it right now. But I thank my God that even through your sin, there's, there's grace. There's grace for that. I can't name everything that some of us might have done, but I know that you know where you took matters into your own hands. But I just need somebody in this room to thank your God that when you took matters into your own hands, you can finally realize in this moment, yes, I did it. Yes, I suffered other people's sin. Yes, I caused my own life to go into a wilderness that I had no idea that I would be driving myself into. But I thank God that there is grace. There is grace for your sin. Grace, grace. God's grace, grace that will conquer and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all of our sin. Look at somebody and say, I thank God for the grace. Grace, the unmerited favor, the love that you don't deserve. There's grace, there's grace for you. I can't call out what you've done, but I know you know what you've done. But I just need you to thank God for the grace that he gave you. In spite of what you deserved, I should have been dead. But thank God for the grace that you gave me. I should be gone, but I thank God for the grace. I should still be locked up, but I thank God for the grace you got. I should not have my natural mind, but I thank God for the grace. There's grace for it. There's grace for it. Hallelujah. There's grace for it. I thank God for grace. Thank God for loving me when I didn't deserve to be loved. Thank God for giving me what I didn't deserve to have. Thank God for grace, saints. I thank God for grace. Even when I take matters into my own hand, God still loves me. Beyond my faults, he looks beyond them. <laughs> and he sees all of my needs. Moses was set up for a win. But in a moment of rage, consciously or unconsciously, Moses chose to lose. And after that, he ran away. After he chose to lose. He ran away. He spent 40 years in a wilderness of his own making to recover from a sin that he didn't have to commit. I'll say it again. He spent 40 years in a wilderness of his own making to recover from a sin he didn't have to commit. We don't have time to talk about what isolation does for our souls. But when it was time for him to return to his people, after 40 years of isolation, he had gotten used to his new life, gotten used to living in the wilderness, got married there. <laughs> he had kids there, separated from God, <laughs> got married there. He had kids there. He built a business there. 
He was real comfortable in his wilderness, separated completely from God. But one day God interrupted his plans for a brand new life. (laughs) One day God interrupted his plans for a brand new life, separated from the master. (laughs) He interrupted his plans for a brand new life where he could live without guilt, seemingly because nobody knew who he was. God interrupted his plans while he was doing his regular daily chores. And he used the same hands that committed murder to hold what would become the deliverance for a whole entire nation. Hallelujah. The Lord said to him, when God showed up in the wilderness that he, in the burning bush, when God showed up in that burning bush and Moses presented all of the challenges and the reasons why he was not good enough. To be used by the master. (laughs) He presented all of the things, all of the reasons that he felt he would not be good enough to be used by the master. Finally, God just says to him, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? And he said, a staff. God said, throw it on the ground. I need somebody to just say that one more. Throw it on the ground. Throw it on the ground. Throw it on the ground. God used the same hands that committed murder to deliver God's people. I need you to know that God didn't change Moses. God just exposed Moses to Moses. God didn't change Moses. God just exposed Moses to himself. And it scared him. He didn't know that level of rage was inside of him. He didn't know that he had murder in him. And when God exposed him to himself, It scared him to the point where he said, I'm no longer worthy of your presence. I'm no longer worthy of the good things that you have for me. And that fear of sin made Moses feel unworthy of God's call, presence, and protection. But there is nothing that you can do that can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Our Lord, there's nothing. God didn't change Moses as Moses wanted to be changed. God changed Moses as Moses needed to be changed. (laughs) Hallelujah. Moses wanted to look at his hands and look at them and let it look new. He wanted to look at his feet. Y'all know the song. He wanted to look at his feet and hopefully they would look new too. But he looked at his hands and they looked the same. Same calluses in the same places. Same wrinkles and same muscles where he could see. He looked at his feet and they didn't look any different either. But when God took over what looked like a stick in his hand, he had to throw it down and it became a snake. If I have an assignment today, I believe my assignment is simply to remind you to throw it down. Throw it down. (laughs) Throw it down. Yes, you're gifted. Throw down your gift and watch what God does with what he gave you. Yes, you are talented, but throw down your talent and let God change the world with the talent that God gave you. Yes, you're strong. I know you're strong, but throw down that strength and give it to God and watch God strengthen not only you, but everybody around you throw it down, throw it down. Throw down your tears 
and let God teach you how to weep over what God cries for. <laughs> oh my, throw it down, throw down your leadership ability and let God show you where and how to lead well in a way that brings everybody around you closer to the king, not closer to you. Throw it down, throw it down, throw it down. Throw down your ability to fight. God ain't take the fight out of you. He just wants that fight to be redeemed. Throw down your ability to fight and let God teach you how to fight for the kingdom because the Bible says that the kingdom suffers violence. And the violent, we need some violent Christians to come and take it by force. Defend the faith that was once for all. Delivered unto, throw it down. Throw down your gift of service. And stop serving people in ways that don't serve you anymore. Ha! My God, throw it down, throw it down, throw it down, throw down your gift of service and let God teach you how to serve God and God's people in a way that makes you better as you make everybody around you better. Throw down your gift of giving and let God make what looks like mere money to you become a lifetime of provision for God, for those that God instructs you to give to throw it down throw it down you are not you know who you are excuse me you know where you are but you have to know who you are and let God redeem you the redeemer of all people let him redeem the gifts that he gave you because gift and calling are without repentance he gave that to you and you can use it for your own glory you can use it for your own benefit if you want, but I guarantee if you throw it down, God will make more of you than you could ever make of yourself. You don't have to change. You just have to be redeemed. <laughs> you don't have to change. God don't need to change your name. God don't need to take the fight out of you. You just got to throw it down. Throw it down and let God use it so you don't abuse the gift that God. Throw it down. <laughs> You know who you are. You don't have to change. You just got to be redeemed. Throw down your fear and let it become a symbol of warning to those who have too much tolerance for risk. Throw down your pride and let God turn it into a sign of what it looks like to be a confident Christian. <laughs> Throw it down, saints, because this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, I believe that God hears us. And he will respond to the things that we ask for. Are you praying for anything? Are you asking God for anything? Are you seeking the master for anything? Well, be confident in the fact that he heard you. The Bible says this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Be confident that the one who hears you will answer when you stop taking matters into your own hands. I'm not going to change your hands. He just wants you to open them. Don't run from the gift God gave you. Lay it down. Let God change it and you into the miracle he created you to be. Moses threw it down on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand. Catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and he caught it. Came a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, that the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared unto you. 
when you allow God to use the gifts that God gave you in a way that shows the world him and not you, all the world will start to believe that it is Christ in you now who is the hope of glory. Doors of the church are open. <clears throat> throw it down, throw it down, throw it down. Throw it down, throw it down. God's not asking you to throw it away. God's just asking you to throw it down. God's not asking you to remove yourself from it. God's just asking you to throw it, throw it down. God's not asking you to be a brand new person. God's just asking you to bring who you are to the cross. Throw, throw it, throw it down. Throw, throw it down. Some of y'all, there's someone, I should say, there's someone that has never come to Christ because you think you have to change before you do. Moses, God met a, a murderer in the desert. And he converted him without change into the one that would deliver God's people. Why? Because he had the ability. He had the courage to throw it down. And all I'm asking you to do, every head bowed, every eye closed, all I'm asking you to do in this Lenten season to acknowledge who God created you to be. Throw it down. I'm not sure if you know this song. Lord, I give you my life. Give you my soul. Live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. Give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take. Every moment I'm God doesn't want to change you. God just wants you to lay your life down so that he can have his way in your life. That's all God's asking you to do is to relinquish control to the master. So if there's one in here in this room who, or if there's one worshiping with us virtually, you know you've taken matters into your own hands and you're sort of at your end. You've gotten comfortable living outside of the will of God gotten comfortable. You've got a whole life outside of God's presence. And you know that's not where you're supposed to be. But you've gotten comfortable there. Come back to Jesus. Come back. God's simply asking you, what's in your hand? That gift that you're using, that business that you created? Come back. Come back. The staff that you have, whether it's people or a physical staff, the staff that you have, those resources that God gave you and to let you come, just come back to God. Give them back to God. Give them back to God. You've created a whole life outside of the presence of the master, but he's calling you back. He's calling you back. There's one that's never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Now's your time and today is your day. Come, come. We offer you Jesus. If there's one who's walked away from the master, walked away from the master for whatever reason, 
walked away from the master and you know it's time for you to come home. Come back, come back. Now is your time. Again, today is your day. And if there's anyone in this room or worshiping with us virtually that needs a church home, Redeemer is a great place to call home. Redeemer is a great place to call home. If there's anybody in this room that needs any one of those things to be saved, to be reclaimed and reconnected to the body of Christ or to join the church, just come, come, come now, come now.